Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last CC and JT Amateur Hour. Yes, the last podcast. And we'll explain why here in a few minutes. But uh, sitting across the table for me is CC. And across from me is JT. And before we dive too deeply into stuff, I need to say happy birthday to my sister. Right. Happy, happy birthday. She happy is officially birthday. old today. Uh, wow. I've been old for a few months now, so yeah, I can relate. She is old. So happy birthday, Letty, wherever you are. Probably in Maryland somewhere, but still, happy birthday. So, um, so yeah, today is, it's the last, it's the last one. And, you know, we've had a good run. We've had a good run. 41 years, 41 years of marriage and, you know, uh, two or three years, what is it, two, two and a half years of podcasting. Something like that. And we've come to the end. This is the end. You know, time to break out all the old songs, you know, about breakups and everything. Because after 41 years... 41 years, we've finally found a bridge that cannot be crossed. It is, it is, it's, yeah, the, the roadblocks are there. You know, we should have seen the signs, but we didn't. We ignored it. You know, you, I didn't realize that you had your world. I had my world. And it's, 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 it's tragic. It's sad. So the violins are playing, folks. The taps. <laughs> The whole thing. The last day. I'm getting the wife look, by the way, folks. Have you ever gotten one of those or done one of those? I am so totally getting one of those. You're having way too much fun with this. I just, I, you know, I didn't know this about you. If I had known... I think you did. I, if, if we had known this about each other, you know, maybe we should look up a marriage counselor or something like this. Because this is, this is, what? May I point out that last year we took a class on this topic and I'm pretty sure it came up. In conversation between us, I never knew that your 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 hate was so severe. Though it was so final, it's like there it is a brick wall that cannot be traversed. It cannot be climbed. It cannot be going around. It cannot be dug under. How much are you going to drag this out? I can't believe you hate Ariel. It is not a good font. Times New Roman. No, 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 no. Times New Roman. No, 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 no. Ariel. No Ariel. No. no Calibri, Calibri, whatever the hell that yeah, one yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Obviously, no papyrus. Yeah, but, but uh, and folks, if you're not immediately familiar with the papyrus font, that's the avatar. avatar. If you've seen the movie Avatar, the, that's the logo. It, that's papyrus font. But I can't believe you don't like Ariel. I do my spreadsheets in Ariel. I do my transcripts in Ariel. Everything is in Ariel for me. And I do everything in Times New Roman. You Ew. have known that for years. I, I can't believe oh, I'm just Times can't be- New Roman, I- and actually. Going back to my early writing, when, you know, computers had first come in and everything, a lot of people requested that manuscripts be submitted in mm. Times New Roman. Yeah. That but, was a preferred font. But but it's like, you could have grown, you could have evolved, you could have become the better person. Hey, I play with Comic Sans like everybody else. Uh, but Ariel, <laughs> man. Ariel. No, uh, Times uh, New man. Roman. I think now you're talking about making spreadsheets and stuff with it. And honestly, when I do data entry in spreadsheets, I also switch it to Times New Roman. <gasps> it looks better. Oh, no, 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 no. It looks, to me, it looks better. No, 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 no. That's, that's a hill I will die on. No, Times New no, Roman. No, that's, okay. 
Anyway, if anybody happens to know a marriage counselor, hi Capra, if anybody happens to know a marriage counselor that can help us bridge this gap, which I don't think it's, it's I think it's just, you know. It's too late. It's, it's, it's like, you know, if you were to tell us try not to be Cubs fans, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's. So is this worse than leaving the cap off the toothpaste? Oh, this is, you know, this is the toilet toilet paper roll argument for a couple, you know. Okay, nerds, well. Nerds, nerds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> I think it's like, but it, on the other hand, it's taken us 41 years to get to this point. So I guess that's something, but still it's like, uh, okay, you're right. We've, we've dwelled on this too much. We've dwelled on this too much. I'm happy um, that you had fun and, with it, you though. You know, the world knows now knows how wrong you are. So it's like, oh no, no, uh, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. You're wrong. Uh, you're, you're yeah. wrong. Uh, yeah, and everybody no. who says the same is yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. This is a hill I will die on. Times New Roman. Oh, oh God. Just, <laughs> mm, it's tragedy. It's tragedy. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. That was okay. enough Wait. of that. Now we got to think about the podcast here, so we got to do. The we podcast. actually do have a topic. We do have the topic, which is completely now opposite of what we've said <laughs> up for. But it is going along with kind of the feeling that you wanted for this podcast because we've been a little gloom and doom lately. Yeah, we so. have been, um, and our listenership has, has crashed. We people aren't just listening to our podcast okay. anymore. So we can pretty much say anything we want. Trump sucks, and nobody will have. Oh, I can't believe you went there. Yeah, well, you know what? That's that's fine. I'm okay with going there every single day. That's but, one I'm not even going to bring up. But um, yeah, we've got no listenership now because we've been really doom and gloom lately, we, and which is a shame because actually those podcasts I thought were pretty good podcasts. I thought they were very incisive. I thought they were very they they went quite deep into yes. into the subjects. Maybe uh, we went a little too deep. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just, so it's time to shake things up a little bit. So we're gonna we're gonna go to the other end. Yes. And uh, go ahead and set us up. Well, you're my little chuchi face, my uchi uchi kuchi little chuchi face. Yes, Ian Fleming's chitty chitty, bang bang. But anyway, A very strange movie. Mm. It's. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I like it. I love Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke was awesome. Yeah. I don't remember the actress who played Truly Scrumptious. And the fact it that the character's have... name was Truly Scrumptious is only Ian, Ian Fleming. Yeah. It was supposed to be Julie Andrews. And they, yes. Yeah, she said, no way. And you know what? She was right. She was right. Um, but the, the song I was referencing is an interesting song because it sounds like they're being very sweet and loving to each other and using a love language, which... Is our topic for the podcast today? Love languages. the The song, the language in the song, is one thing. The actions in the movie are counter to what the song is saying. So they're talking to each other in these loving little baby voices. In the meantime, as you're watching the scene play out, they're trying to kill each other. Hmm. Basically, you know, they're like throwing things at each other, making faces behind each other's backs. So it's not really what we were planning to talk about but the the song really resonates in the whole love language area because some people do use the cutesy little baby oh sweetums you know uh. and Love language is very personal. It is yep. something that's very uh, specific to a relationship. Yeah, let, 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 let's, let's talk about that because when you're talking about a relationship, we're talking about a 
a quote unquote true relationship. And you know, the, the definition is um, relative to each re relationship. And I'm gonna just really very quickly go back to my own personal rules is I don't get into other people's relationships. Whatever right. works for them, works for them. Right. Uh, and it's not my place to judge. No. Um, but um, one thing about a relationship is that it is, and I read this somewhere, it is its own culture. Yes. It's, um, it, is, it has its own languages. It has yep. its own uh, uh, langu language. I said that. It has its own uh, gestures. We have our routines. It has its our... own everything. Like for a moment, like example, um, like you said this morning when we were putting away the groceries, we have quite a routine going up. Yes. When we, uh, you know, bring the groceries in the house and we just, you know, I have my role, you have your role. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, and it we, works. It works. And we put the groceries away, you know, super fast and yep. everything is where we want it to go. It's its own culture. I know that's kind of a weird thing, but when we're talking no, about a culture, true. a culture is made up of language, habits, um, in, um, history. Tradition. Traditions. And a, a true relationship, and again, I'm not going to define what a relationship is, is a culture of language, gestures, history, traditions. And so when we're talking about um, love language, mm -hmm. love language, that is a part of that a relationship's culture. Yes. Um, some people, you know, as you mentioned, some people are very good at expressing mm -hmm. positive and negative feelings towards each other. It's true. Uh, some people just cannot do it, but right. they find ways to do it. Um, Maybe you know, not verbally, but they can do it physically, physically. like through their actions. You know, it's like um, it's like the, the one member uh, of the couple smacks their partner's butt, butt three times. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, what they're saying is, is I love you. And More like love pats than love smacks. Pats, you know, but, yeah, yes. but still, it's, you know, love pats as they go by, boom, boom, boom. They right. never say the words, but that's the language that it is. And so um, people want, I guess some people, and, and I may be um, maybe stereotyping here, maybe women want, you know, the cover to the notebook. The very famous picture where she is holding his face in the hands and they're kissing in the rain and you know they want that kind of love language but that doesn't work for all relationships no and it's funny that you mention that because in seeing people out in public in general you can tell when the new young couples are in love and they're very touchy-feely there's a lot of hand holding they will put their hands in each other's back pockets like the back pockets of their jeans that was a very high school thing when i was in school yeah, that's the 70s folks. that it's like you know that you would actually i think there's a picture in my yearbook of a couple and they have each other's like in the opposite person's pocket but right. it's you know that was their way of connecting and you don't see people out when they're kissing in public holding each other's face right. i mean that is a very romance novel romance movie kind of scenario mm -hmm. but but I, what i was saying was yes, that's what no. when people think of the romance in a relationship that's what you know that's the that's the stereotype right um but that's not necessarily everybody everything no and uh, so it's uh and it's 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 when it, now, of course, this is a writing podcast. If yes. folks haven't figured this out yet, by looking at the website, we're talking about writing. It's, so this is a way to build your characters. Yeah, it's, it's their love it, language. And love language is, is um, it's like, um, and where you can really build on that is where the language disconnect because yes. um, you know, the other cliche about a relationship, and we saw this in a movie once, and I just saw saw a clip from that movie the other day. My brain is just farting on it. Uh, it's when um, the couple inevitably bumps their head. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a cliche. Yes. Um, it's that Irish movie with uh, Janine Garofalo. 
Oh, uh, the matchmaker. Matchmaker. Yes. The matchmaker. I think what the guy did is he would, the matchmaker would drop something between them and the, or right. he would he would actually bump their heads together and say, okay, good, we got that out of the way. Right. Um, because especially in our relationship, we're clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> but my point being is is um, uh, a relationship is built on miscues. Yes. Like that. A right. language is built on miscues like that. And the love language between a couple is built like that. And again, this being a writing podcast, you can build that into your book, these mm-hmm. kind of miscues. Uh, it's like, a, I don't remember, as a matter of fact, in the space epic, do you remember that the two main characters bumped their head? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. More yeah. than once, I think. More than, well, at least once. Well, maybe not with the same people. I feel like that happened more than once in the book. Well, though. anyway, but you know, yes. I put that in there specifically because it, it's, it was it's, the cliche. It, it's a cliche. It's yep. common and it's bound to happen. Um, but, um, so what are other examples? Let's go, let's go with the miscues. Let's go with right. the other, exa- some other examples of, um, you know, um, misunderstood, uh, gestures that people work through because they want this relationship to be something. Well, it's the, if someone decides to call their partner a jerk, for example, mm-hmm. but in a loving way, the other person doesn't realize that they're saying that they're, you know, that's their way of saying, I love you. They think they're really being called a jerk and they get mad about it because they don't understand. They came from different cultures and now they're trying to build a common culture. So the whole idea of being called a jerk in a loving way just doesn't occur to the person. Mm -hmm. So working through that kind of miscue, it takes some work because the person that's used to saying jerk, it's just they're not even thinking about it. It just pops out. It's like, oh, you're such a jerk. You know? Yeah, and you know, and there's, there's going to be miscommunication. Yes, so definitely. Uh, the point that you're trying to make is is the miscommunication part part of it, not yep. you know, just you know, just uh, when you say one thing and mean the other, right. or you uh, actually do mean it. Yeah. And um, I guess what we should talk about real very quickly is that communication, because communication, as I said, in Air Force, is really three. Yes. Sender receiver message, right. and sometimes people the sender sometimes gets wrapped up in two parts, the sender and the message, and they don't understand how it can be received. True. And as a writer, as a writer, you can work on uh, the uh, hijinks or misunderstandings of right. the receiver. Uh, so when something like uh, when the sender sends the message of jerk, the receiver says something else. Or it could be, um, uh, you know, it's just, and communication happens in all sorts of ways. It's like mm-hmm. a hanging out with a group of friends and one of the couple one of the couple members one of the people you know pays too much attention to another part of the group obviously of the opposite gender and there's, right there's misunderstanding that way like they're good friends or something but they're in a new relationship and yeah. the new person in the relationship feels like maybe they're spending yeah. a little too much time and attention on the other person so definitely these things point out the quality of the people involved mm-hmm. uh, the quality of the communication the quality of the empathy of empathy yep the quality of the dedication mm-hmm. um, is this um, is this just you know somebody that I'm just going to have around for a, few, a little while uh, before I move on to the next one. Is this maybe uh, somebody you know, um, you know that I'm recovering with from another relationship? You know, these you know relationships are just really super duper complex. Yes. And again, I'm going back to what I said at the beginning. Uh, excuse me, I don't get into what people. I don't get into relationships. What no. works for some doesn't work for others. Right. But um, as a writer, working on the communication, especially the three parts of the communication, send yes. a receiver message, uh, messing those up 
you know, messing those up right. can lead to some really interesting writing and to a really interesting book. Well, and that's one of the areas that I think I really need to work on personally in my own writing is that I tend to not create separate points of views for my character. They're kind of all coming from my point of view, and I need to spend a little bit more time creating some of those miscommunications. It's not like they're automatically going to understand everything they tell each other or all their actions toward each other, even though I do as the creator. And that's something we all need to look at, I think. It's like, is your book a bunch of different people, different characters, or is it all from your perspective? Yeah, and that's a very good point. And um, writers set themselves up to make themselves work on that. Yes. And the obvious is the, the prince and the pauper kind of a situation right. where one partner is royalty and the other partner is not. And we did that one, actually. Yes. We did that book where we had two different things. And we we actually, we cheated a little bit. We didn't, you know, one of us did not write that book. Right. Both of us write that book. And we wrote about the same situations from the... Different make, perspectives. Different perspectives. Yep. But writers do that all the time where they have one person from, you know, this highfalutin kind of, uh, you know, highfalutin background. Right. And, and the other person ain't. They're from two different worlds, They're basically. They're two different worlds. And um, so they have to find... Uh, the common ground between them, the the overlapping uh, area in their Venn Venn, Venn diagram, their circles in their Venn diagram. So going back to the very beginning of this podcast and our discussion about font preference, you know, if you're into writing a nerdy romance about somebody, maybe there are a couple of people working in the publishing industry together, and it seems like they should be on the same path, but then all of a sudden it's like one of them has really strong feelings about their font choice. Yeah. That can throw some, you know, humor and some... Maybe a little bit of tension. Struggle. If, you know, how strong they mm-hmm. feel about it. Like, oh, no, we're not publishing this book if it's in this font yeah. type and of situation. It, and, you know, we're talking about some real anal stuff there when we're, we're, mm-hmm. we get down to the font thing. But it, 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 it is a perfect example of how to create tension, how to create a challenge into a relationship. Because, um, uh, you know, I'll just pick the overly broad example of religion. Right. When you have uh, one person who's one religion, the other person is another religion, and then you have the parents. <laughs> well, and then I know someone, there is a relationship that I personally know where one person is devoutly Catholic, and they're involved to the point where they're a member of Knights of Columbus, which is, you know, that is someone who is really very, very involved in the religion. They go to mass maybe multiple times a week. The other person is more of an agnostic and not really into, but will, you know, support the partner by going to some of the events, just not doing it to the extreme. And there are ways, you know, they're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. She goes off and does her thing. He goes off and does his thing. And that's how the relationship works. But in your case, like if it's two separate religions and they're both both very devout, You've got holiday issues. Who's going to spend what holiday? You know, if they overlap, like oh, you're much further along in the relationship than I am. True, true. Because it's like uh, you will have parents who will just put their foot down and say, yes, uh, no, that just, is true. No. And uh, so um, so the point of that relationship, I guess, that is becomes is what is important in the relationship what is important and how do you communicate it to each other i mean what is your if you have those kind of differing backgrounds where do you find the common ground to find your own love language as a couple right and and as a writer um 
it, it, that can be a really big struggle, and it may be insurmountable. Right. It may be uh, something so that you know, so we have to throw in a word of caution. Now, I said earlier that I don't get into relationships. Now, that's of course in quote unquote real life. Right. But it, on paper, you know, you have to, as a writer, you have to get into right. the relationship. You have to di- dig in and dive into those details. Um, and you know, we made fun of the, you know the, the the font thing and the toothpaste cap thing and the toilet, toilet paper, paper roll thing. But there are relationships that actually live and die on those hills for real. And so as a writer, is you know, to the degree, what do you want to bring into it, into your book? And do you want to set up um, you know, relationships that are going to die on the vine because your characters can't get past those because you want to set up another relationship? We've seen that all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where this, um, the movie cliche where this guy is always chasing after the princess. Right. And they get closer and get closer and get closer, yet over here... It, against the wall is this wallflower uh, right. girl who is actually the probably the better person for this guy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that until the very very end. Right. So, um, getting into the um, the love language where you know it's just insurmountable bridges, like you know Ariel always being right and Tom's, Times New Roman always being wrong. Uh, you know, it 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 can be a challenge for a writer. Well, and I will say in a real life relationship, going back to the toilet paper, my love language is to always put the roll with the paper coming yeah. over the top. Yeah, because yeah. early in our relationship, that was very important to you. I understand why. Yeah. And I chose to learn to do that. And Compromise. that's just my automatic go-to yeah. now is like, if I see it coming under the roll, I want to change other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but that was something I learned early in our relationship that, that you had a really strong preference for that. Understandably. And it's just like maybe the toilet seat, you know, mm. for example, I know some people, the man's love language may be putting the seat down because yeah. that can be a big deal as a female. Yeah. You know, I've had cases where the seat was left up and you don't realize it in the middle of the night and oh boy. Yeah. So that that becomes part of your love language. Yeah, you know, that becomes so it's like those gestures and those habits that you build because you think you've learned along the way at some point up until today that a relationship <laughs> that a relationship is worth it. Yes. Shared having that culture, having those shared experiences, those shared memories, the shared language. Uh, the shared traditions, um, that culture that you build up between them is worth the struggle of compromise. Right. Which is, I think, is sometimes is... Now, i got to be blunt. Now, we, we need to talk about the two two pairs of examples that are close to us. Mm-hmm. Your parents, before your mom passed away, were married for more than, what, 50 years? More than 50 years, right. yes. Um, my parents, you can go ahead and you can, you can pick and choose because my original sets of parents... They were mar- each of them were married five times. Right. So yeah, we're talking about ten marriages here, folks. So um, so we came from very different backgrounds. We came from extremely different backgrounds, whereas um, the folks, the uh, adults in my in my marriage, excuse me, adults in my uh, upbringing considered marriage to be disposable. But the adults in your upbringing, maybe they that they they had that tension there were times when i really wished they would have gotten divorced yeah. because they just didn't get along and it was a situation where they're really i never noticed mm-hmm. any real love language between them there was not i mean they called each other dear or mm-hmm. you know but their actions yeah the occasional action yeah but they were such different people because my mother was an 
immigrant to this country from Ireland, whereas my dad grew up in California. You know, his family had been there for at least two generations. And their backgrounds were so different, they couldn't seem to find a common ground. My mother loved music and dancing. My dad just didn't want to be around people. You know, and it's just somehow or other they stayed together, but sometimes I kind of wish they hadn't because of the way they treated each other. And, that's and another, there was no love language. And there, and this is another example, of course, of of not getting into other people's relationships because right. something worked for them. Because because um, you and I saw as your mom, you know, before she passed on yes. for cancer, your dad was there for her. True. He was 100% there for her. Yep. Taking care of her medication. Taking Advocating care of her, her. bed. Mm-hmm. Um, setting up the bed in their living room where, yep. you know, as part of hospice. So, um, so what you saw as a child... Was, did not yes. was different from what you saw as a, an adult. Right. You, what you saw was a, a a dedicated partner. Yes. You know, trying to make do the best that he could in a situation that was just just terrible, just very painful, just very terrible. And um, and so, but there, you know, you, what you're saying is you didn't see that love language as a child. No. But oh dear God, you saw it at the end. I did. That's true. And. It was pretty extreme because they were somewhat remote. So the hospice nurse would come out, but basically everything was on my dad. The dining room table was covered in pill bottles. We did, you know, we saw the hospital bed in the living room. And then right after she had passed, he prepared her. He took me aside. We've picked out clothes for her and everything. So there was a lot of, somehow there was love there. Maybe mm. I did not recognize their love language as a kid. Right. But at the end, you're right. There was something there. And it's, again, the ideal example of why not to get into relationships. Because yes. you were probably pretty certain that, you know, as a child, that these two people should not be living together. Right. But, um, but here here we are. Right. Uh, and you, you, what you saw what was totally different. And this is a little bit of therapy because I don't think CC actually realized or understood this until now. How much, uh, how much uh, dedication and how much right. of a culture there that they had between the two. The, True. The, there was there was some pretty strong, uh, you know, strong ropes between the strong strings in between them. Uh, yeah, that's true because as you know, a traditional so-called quote-unquote traditional family. My mother was very much the caregiver of the family. She did the cooking and the cleaning. My dad made a mead and carrot cake. Mm-hmm. I know he. At least that much. Otherwise, my mom cooked everything. You know, she cleaned the house. She took care of all the little household things. She took care of the kids. Um, But at the end, my dad switched into that role because he would have had to feed her. He had to help keep Mm -hmm. her clean. So you're right. Um, You know, it it did occur to me on some level, but not really at the point where I understood the whole idea of that was part of his love language was taking Mm -hmm. care of her at the end. You know that was a you know that was a very touching time. Uh, it's a very sad time, very painful time, but it was. And uh, we weren't going to go dark here. Pardon? We weren't going to go dark here. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it, it, but it also illustrates our point that yes. there are ways to put, demonstrate. Pardon me. Demonstrate the demonstrate, love language. Yeah. Demonstrate. Um, you know the three taps. Um, you know. Um, I, I, I was I was sitting feet from her, and I get I, sorry for going dark. I was just sitting a few feet from her when mm-hmm. she, she passed. Her father was not there; he was in another room. Right. Uh, so, um, but when he came in, he saw her. He looked at me. He, you know, he took, uh, you know, he he listened and he realized that she'd been gone. And he yep. Went, uh, but I saw there. You know, I saw what I saw. Right. And uh, so, you know, 
I didn't a, see that because I was looking at her. Yeah, it's it's an illustration right. again of you. Uh, you just can't know what's going on with a couple, even if you live with them. And so, as yeah. writers, let's let's see if we can talk about the writing side of this. So, as writers, we can talk about the challenges of developing that culture between a pair. Right. And then the ongoing struggles, because it's ne it's a never, I don't want to say war, but it's a never-ending struggle to keep that communication lines open. Because right. eventually there's going to be something that one of us is going to do, not, you know, one of the partners is going to do that's just yep. going to totally push the other partner's button. Or it's going to be an unexpected reaction or action. And it's, a, excuse me, it's important that the other partner either call out somebody right. or accept it or commiserate right. and then uh when you get to the end of relationship uh because all relationships end whether we like it or not because um well it depends i mean and, if you believe in an afterlife maybe not yeah but uh, we're talking about you know the here and now right yes yeah, so uh, and i'm not discarding what you say because, right no um, you know, no i get it because some 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 love for fonts is so strong it goes on into the into the hereafter. <laughs> Into the hereafter. Um, but I'm talking about, you know, relationship, uh, because, you know, that uh, here and now, uh, they do end. And then we talk about the memories and the, the times and the shared experiences um, that a writer can put into those last days. It, it can be it can be a pretty emotional roller coaster, to say the least. It can, it can uh, the pendulum can swing back and forth, especially when you're talking about people who are completely different and then don't realize how much they are alike until you know that maybe that, it's too late maybe yeah. they've broken up yep. i mean i don't know i think your mom married the same person twice or yeah richard yeah, yeah. so i mean you know and i had an aunt and uncle that um they divorced and they remarried at one yeah. point and they i don't know if they are still around but if they are they're that's the same marriage. So it's, you know, there are situations where maybe in the heat of the moment, your yeah. love language is lost. But then once you have the time and the separation, you can find it again and come back together. Yeah. So it's, and getting this on paper, um, yeah, obviously. It's tricky. It's tricky. Um, <laughs> and you have to, and the, we don't talk much about, about perspectives, whether it's first right. person or third person or God perspective. Omniscient. Um, and so picking that uh, perspective, you know, since we're going to talk about technical stuff is also key. Right. Because uh, because it depends on what you want to do. Do you want uh, one character to, to be, do you want it to be from one per character's point of view? And then they grow or don't grow. Right. They gain or lose the relationship. Right. Only because they only see things from their point of view and they refuse to be empathic to the point where they can see why the other person is going back to that communication thing of a sender, receiver, and message. Yes. Um, so picking a, picking a perspective, it could be interesting. I'm, I'm not really sure if picking the God perspective is... There, I feel like sometimes that creates kind of a separation. It's fun to know, like the first... the omniscient narrator who knows everything that's going on everywhere with everyone i think that does create a bit of a separation whereas in the romance that we wrote together mm -hmm. we each wrote from one character's perspective so we were each doing like first person point of view toward each yeah. other and in that way you can set up some interesting things because we were going chapter by chapter mm -hmm. from different perspectives and it's like you're seeing what the one character is thinking and feeling 
and not understanding maybe how the other character meant it until you get to the next chapter and they're back and they're now all of a sudden they're wondering what the heck just happened mm -hmm. why is this person upset with me i thought i said something perfectly logical yeah and you know all of a sudden there's this big huge fight yep. where did that come from so i think sometimes that helps to add a little bit of tension and a little bit of interest to the yep. writing and what we're talking about here is is pretty much universal. It's yep. universal to every relationship, and um, and from a writer's point of view, um, you know, it's low hanging fruit. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's right there, and it and um, and it's 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 just so common to have those kind of challenges. You know, and uh, it's kind of fun to read about what what other people have gone through, mm -hmm. and uh, to see what other people have gone through as a reader. I, I'm curious. I'm I'm always interested to see what people do. To break through, to uh, to making something final, and that. But on the flip side, it's like, listen, people, you are not going anywhere. So three snaps, you know, move on, get it over with. Um, so as a reader and as an observer, I'm I'm, I'm, real, I'm I'm fascinated to see how writers come, you know, work that out. So that brings up an interesting question in your reading experience as a reader. Mm -hmm. Can you think off the top of your head of a book? Um, like a favorite book of yours based on the relationships and how, were, you know, maybe their love language and how it was presented within the book. Um, you know, there's, I'm not, I'm not coming across any off the top of my head because I wasn't prepared for that. Um, but uh, so I'm going to cheat and you, of course, go to Uncle Bill and we're going to talk about, you know, Romeo oh, right. and Juliet. Yep. Um, but, you know, that's, that's cheating because... Um, you know, these 13, 14, 15 year old kids have you know, a very limited perspective, have a very limited perspective. They're both from the same, you know, uh, social class. They're both mm -hmm. very rich. Uh, they're both very confrontational. They're, you know, they're, they're, the they're the enemy. Families. We talked about yep. that. Um, but they've, you know, you know, lust and hormones can overcome anything, uh, if you give it a chance. And they went to the extreme where their love language was physically dying for each yeah. other. It was yeah. like they died for love and... Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that anybody really wants to go to that extreme. But, you know, but kids of that age. Right. You know, kids of that age, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's when you're talking about relationship, you're talking about zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. Right. Uh, that's so, true. And that's not a very good example, but it's, but it's also illustrates um, how, uh, you know, people with differing back, you know, differing families that do not want, right. you know, want them to get together are going to do it. And they did it in part because they just sort of wanted to, you know, you know, flip a middle finger to their, their, their own parents. True. Um, uh, what the, about you? Did you, do you, do you have anything like that in, in the literature that you've read? Oh yeah, definitely. My favorites are, I've talked about her frequently, Georgette Hare. And some of the books I read that she wrote were the, the characters, um, well, for example, Friday's Child. The, the the female character is very sheltered. She's an orphan that was raised by... She's a little Harry Potter, actually. She was an orphan that was raised by relatives who didn't really appreciate her, and they wanted her to become a governess. And she really wasn't suited for that. But the uh, the male character was someone... He was the son, like, you know, he was going to inherit, and they, he was expected to marry at a certain level, and... Um, he had just had a fight with his mom because he had to wait until he was 25 to get his fortune. He had been gambling. He was losing money. He runs across Hero. Her name is Hero. Uh, she has run away because she doesn't want to be a governess. She knows that's not going to work for her. And the two of them actually grew up together. He teased her a lot as a kid. So they have a shared love language already. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he made the comment that, oh, I told my mom I was going to marry the first woman I see. And she laughs and she says, well, that's me, silly. And he's like, oh, okay, let's go get married. And she's like, wait, you know, I didn't expect you to really agree to that. So they run off and get married. And it leads to a whole interesting set. And she's so sheltered and he's so much more worldly that their communication levels are... um, they set up a lot of comedy, but then mm. there's a later point where it becomes very poignant because, you know, they yeah. do, they don't get along. And, and you don't have any personal experience with a relationship like that at all? Oh, no, not, not at, at all. all. No, you no, know, no. You reminded me, of course, the, the prime example, of course, um, Pride and Prejudice, of course. Oh, yes. You know, yep, that's true. Where, where Elizabeth, of course, is, you know... <laughs> Elizabeth. His proposal. Yeah, the proposal. But um, <laughs> he says he thinks he's being very loving by saying, "I want to marry you despite your family." Yeah, and she's like, "Wait, excuse me." Yeah, but we're but we're talking about you know the, the communication thing there, the communication. Piece. Yes. And you know, and I I know that if Home was listening, she she, she would have said, "Bob, Pride and Prejudice." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Pride and Prejudice, the and the book you example, which by yeah. the way sounds a little bit like Pride and Prejudice. It does. Yes. Uh, it is examples of where people have broken through um, that their own in their own individual cultural upbringing yes. to create a culture between them, right? Uh, in spite of her mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is an excellent example. That's a really good one. I can't believe I didn't think of it, but mm-hmm. everybody talks about that scene where, mm-hmm. especially in the version with Kira Knightley, yes, where. You know, iconic in the rain. She's not expecting it. He's fumbling through it because he thinks he's being, he's, if not he's, romantic, he thinks he's being, you know, well, hey, your family is a your problem. Mother. I am so <laughs> yes. doing you a favor here. Your whole family is ridiculous, except maybe you and one sister. The rest yeah. of them are all foolish. But you know that one sister? I am not going to let my best friend marry her. So right, there are three right. more snaps. <laughs> So that's a prime example of he thinks his love language is, you know, despite all of this, I'm going to marry you. And she's like, oh, my God, you are insulting the hell out of my family and you expect me to marry you? Yeah, okay. Let's go ahead. Let's let's wrap this up. Because that actually is a good way to wrap it up, I think. That's a good way to wrap it up. Okay, so we started off by announcing the end of the podcast not early. <laughs> but we were talking about insurmountable barriers. But we, more importantly... Uh, we were talking about how uh, a relationship is a culture. It's a culture of, of traditions, shared experiences, common language. Um, and um, But it's not a culture that just springs into being overnight. It is something that has to be built. And it's built through the, you know, for lack of a better phrase, through the courtship phase, uh, where uh, the, the, the couple is testing each other, so to speak, and learning more about each other. And then when they decide that this is something that's that's worth uh, pursuing, then they continue to work on that communication piece. The three pieces of communication being, you know, send a receiver message, always, and um, the level of empathy and the level of give and take. Mm-hmm. And are are there some things, you know? And we didn't even talk about the two reasons why uh, relationships fail. The two main reasons that being children and money. We're not going right. to do that right now. Uh, but they are examples of why relationships can fail. Right. There are arguments over those two specific ones or other things. Uh, and then we talked, you know, how relationships can be sustained uh, by expressing, uh, ex- you know, expressing your love, love language, your love yep. language. And then towards the end, because all relationships do end, uh, how do they end and in what way do they end? 
Um, and it's, uh, you know, and I'll throw it, I'll throw it in there. I'll th- the thread through it in there is communication. It's right. definitely communication, communication, communication. And love language. The love language. Um, and it's, so it's so key that both partners keep listening. Yes. And, sometimes, and trying to understand. And trying to understand. Listening is one thing, but understanding is, it mm. takes a little bit more interaction. You have to d- really think about what your partner is saying. And... Your par- the, the partner who is sending that message also has to be thinking about how the message is going to be received. Right. Like, um, you know, just saying, um, you know, just uh, the toilet paper roll will go like this, period. End of story, no matter right. what. Well, you know what? Relationships, you know, end on things like that. So right. both sides have to be constantly thinking about messages going back and forth. So the love language thing, very interesting, very interesting way thing to write about. Yes. Uh, because obviously that's the key to writing a relationship is the communication between them. Now, there's events that will happen to them, such as, you know, you know the balls where the, the main character meets the mother and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> How is it that you are descended yeah. from that person? And even more so, it's like, well, she's almost interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> but then going back to the situation like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, where they are, are overtly expressing what mm. sounds like a love language, but in the background, when you're watching them, their actions show that they really can't stand each other. Yeah. And, you know, so if you want to add some tension to your story, it's like, dear, dear. you know, yeah. what? why are we using that tone of voice? You know, yeah. what's going on in the background? It sounds yeah. like you're being loving, but oh boy. Yeah, you know? it's funny because, um, you, know, um, you know, the tone of voice or, you know, something else is, the a, eye tr- roll. is a trigger, uh, is, a, is, a, is a, an intentional trigger right and so that's something else that can be incorporated i think we pretty much and this could actually be a series of podcasts could but, be uh so we're going to save the rest of it for another time but uh uh where what i'm interested in hearing back from is the professional communicators the really professional yeah. relationship communicators hello right. kappa uh, <laughs> who have seen um relationships come and go because yes. of either communication or lack of communication and I was just wondering, how much did we get right or wrong in this? And then folks that have written about relationships, you know, did, what did we get right or wrong? So if you've got some feedback, reach out to us through our website at www.carsonhume.com and tell us tell us what we think. Did we miss it? Did we hit it? I think we did okay because, you know, except for that minor thing about, you know, CC being totally wrong about um, Times New Rome. No, excuse me. You know, JT, you are wrong about... Wrong, no, no. Wrong. Ariel, no, is but no. But other nope, than that, nope, you know, nope. we've had a... You know, we, we, we used we had to have a, good a fairly run. decent yes. relationship, but now it's like... <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, well, I, I will take my Times New Roman. You can have the custody of Ariel, and we'll just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, as I said, check us out at our website, www.carsonhume.com, where everything is an aerial. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually have no idea what font I use out there. Uh, I'm the webmaster, and I can get to pick, so there. Yeah. It's probably, and honestly, well, it's probably Times New Roman, too. No, I would I mean. never, I, you know, okay. it's really um, not that big a deal. Uh, and let us know where we're wrong. Check us out on social media, and check out our books, please. Uh, and please listen to this forecast and other podcasts, because we got some really good stuff out there if you're a writer. Anything else we want to talk about? Um, no, I think uh, we're heading into fall now, so just hope everybody enjoys the last few days of summer or the last few days of winter if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, because who knows, we may have listeners down there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just enjoy the rest of this season going into the new one and have a great week. Yeah, this is the last weekend of summer, folks, so enjoy it while you got it. Yep. 
Because, uh, you know, I think Here we're going to have another Here comes winter. Winter uh, is coming. Winter is coming. Okay. Sitting across the table for me is CC. And across from me is JT. Thanks for listening and uh, reach out to us. Y'all take care of yourselves and keep talking. Ariel. <laughs>